We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, and Matthew Spinauer and Theo Ash. Today, we are joined once again by the wonderful PFF senior football analyst and NFL film junkie, Seth Galena. It's a pleasure to have you back, man. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I was available many weeks, to be honest, between here and last time. So I'm not sure. Just <laughs> we didn't want you. We didn't oh, okay. Want you. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. That Your was the uh, frequently I, in the meetings, and we're like, I don't yeah. know. We'll I wait until totally our listeners lines, forgot so. about last time, and then we'll bring them back. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys having me. I had a good time last time. Well, today we're going to talk about some of the favorites for coach of the year in the NFL, along with doing our own worst coach of the year award and kind of see who is crowned of that. Maybe t- take a look at some candidates in 2023 that could be on the block to replace some of those terrible coaches. But yeah, let's just hop right in. Coach of the year, right? Uh, and, you know, the Eagles are obviously doing great. So Sirianni is going to be on that table. Do, do we all think it's going to be Sirianni or... Are there some other guys do we think that might be doing a bit of a better job with you know what they have? I think the path to beating Siriana for Coach of the Year is definitely there in the sense that he's got a very stacked team. And obviously, like Coach of the Year isn't about just the best record straight up. It's about who beats expectations the most. But then you look around, it's like they've all had a chance at it. And now the Giants are not winning games and they really needed to win more games than this. If he gets to like 10 wins, there's an argument for it, but I'm not sure he's even gonna do that. And I feel like, you know, Pete Carroll had a shot at it, but the Seahawks are sort of tapering off. So I think it's going to be him still. Yeah, it's hard for anyone, but because this, out of all the guys that you talked about, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, uh, Dave Will, all these guys who had Pete Carroll upset, all these guys who had hot starts have kind of cooled off. And the only guy who hasn't cooled off relative to expectations is are the Eagles and Sirianni. So it's like, it's going to be really tough for anyone to beat him at this point. 
I think Dallas, I think Mike McCarthy had a chance had they looked good <laughs> against had they looked good against Houston and then beaten Philly. I don't know when they play them in the next couple of weeks. There was a chance. Um, and same same with all these guys. Like Salah is part of this group of guys who look really good, look like they had a chance and now they've lost a couple, so it's gotta be Sirian. Yeah, maybe maybe if Dallas and the Eagles finish with the same record, let's say Dallas like crushes the Eagles. Not, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's say Dallas crushes the Eagles and then the Eagles drop another dumb one. Cowboys go on to win out. Same record, and then the one loss the Cowboys had against the Eagles was with uh, Cooper Rush. I think that's a path. I also think Shanahan has a path if like Purdy closes it out like undefeated to lose your starter, to lose your other starter, and then mm. to win games with Mr. Irrelevant. I know that 49ers fans are all mad at Shanahan because Jerry Rice like tweeted that why are all our skill position players hurt? It's because Shanahan, he runs them up the middle <laughs> and it's like the Jimmy, he's blaming him for like the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. I was on a, I was on a podcast with a, a 49ers fan the other day and we theorized that Jerry may have been drinking before sending that post. So I don't know. There is some like 49ers Twitter is a weird place. And I know like the own, fa- the Shanahan is a divisive issue in his own fan base right now. But I really think that, you know, he always does a fantastic job with the play calling. And if he can win games and maybe he ends with like the two seed in the NFC with Brock Purdy and the the Eagles are the one seed with all these weapons and Jalen Hurts, who could win MVP if they go 15 and one or 16 and one now. I, I, I could see Shanahan with a path as well, uh, but it'll probably be Sirianni. If I had a vote, I might vote for Dable just because I had the Giants winning two games and I think there is not a less talented roster in the league right now than the Giants. They have no right wide receivers. They've got like Andrew Thomas and Saquon and I think Dexter Lawrence and Adoree Jackson. It's not that bad, yeah. but overall I think they're well, overcoming a Slayton is like a good, would be a good two. Yeah. One. Slayton has been, he has been good. Yes, that is true. But I do feel like they're kind of overcoming a talent deficiency almost every single week. And as long as they're in the playoffs at all, like if I had them winning two games based on the talent they had, like, I think you could credit maybe Dable with developing because Slayton was talented and then he kind of fell out of favor with in the Joe judge world and all of that. And now he's back and you can kind of maybe credit coaching for Slayton being there at all, or any of these guys being there at all. Saquon Barkley's resurgence. So I might vote for, Dable still, but I don't think the voters will because I do think they're going to probably end with a losing record. But I don't know. That's just. Well, right I, I mean, it's going to be Sirianni. Like, like unless they lose two out of the last three, like it'll be, it'll the Eagles will be fine and he'll win the award. But I, I do want to add what you're saying about Dable because I think when I look at their offense, him bringing in uh, Kafka to run the offense, and I think I don't think the Dable calls the plays. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Kafka who calls the plays. And then bringing in Martindale on defense. So let's start with defense. Really, I think bringing in a guy who's going to create chaos when you don't have the roster is probably the best move. And like, they don't care. Like, they know, and the offense knows that they're going to play man, and it doesn't really matter because they feel like they're going to create create enough chaos up front that they're going to get to the quarterback before you have a chance to to kind of deal with all that man coverage and not knowing the coverage. And the teams have done an okay job recently against them. The Cowboys on that Thursday night, a Thursday evening, a Thursday afternoon game on Thanksgiving did a good job of, of dealing with it. But I think that's a 
a move when, like you said, you're not a talented roster. You have you have a guy who can probably play in man coverage in Dory Jackson, like you said, but but like, hey, let's just bring all the variants. Let's bring the chaos and variants. And then the offensive side of the ball, you look at what Dable had done in, in Buffalo, Kafka coming from Kansas City, and you don't really see, uh, definitely from a macro level, you don't really see either of those offenses with the Giants this year. You just see an offense that's like, hey, we're going to do everything we can to kind of hold Daniel Jones' hand through this, through the next 60 minutes. Right. It, it is one Free of the, uh, you know, you hate, yeah, <laughs> hate to use the word, but it is like a, a, the fake offense. And good for them for just like going headfirst into that. Because you look at last year and like the Giants relatively similar players. I mean, Thomas was already starting, you know, Andrew Thomas was already starting to develop into the, into a really good player. And they put Daniel Jones in tough situations if he's just not good enough. So, hey, I'm, I'm on board the Dayball train. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback when they inevitably do break through. Um, but, um, but I'm on board the Dayball train. I feel like there's I a agree. pretty end. Ahead, I'm Matt. saying I feel like there's a decent subsection of Giants fans who are more pro Daniel Jones than you would expect them to be. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I think it's <laughs> like I said. How many how many team how many fan bases of teams aren't pro their starting quarterback? Oh, plenty. I, if, if they win, if you win seven games, if you win eight games, like it doesn't matter. Your starting quarterback is the guy for the, you ride with him the rest yeah. of your life. That's it. Yeah, I'm a, I have an Aaron Brooks jersey. Okay, like I. <laughs> Like I, I still ride with Aaron Brooks. Yeah, you got, I have a Baker jersey. We all know this. This isn't <laughs> my hot Daniel Jones take. Is I, if he went somewhere else, I think he could be Ryan Tannehill, which isn't. I don't think even a hot take. But I, I think Giants fans, they're always like, "Oh my god, he has never had any weapons. He could look so much better than he does." And it's like, well, I think that's true. Like the best wide receiver he's ever thrown to was Kadarius Tony for a game, and. Darius Slayton right now, most likely. If you gave him like AJ Brown and a good offensive line, like I, I really think he could be up there in efficiency. He doesn't turn the ball over that much, or he doesn't throw interceptions that much. The fumbling yeah. is a different issue. I think he could be like he's got the legs. I, I think he could be like very Tannehilly and maybe trick the nerds with a really efficient season one of these days with a good roster. Yeah. But uh, I think I, like what's the ceiling there with the, him? So the Daniel Jones, the Daniel Jones issue. And especially when you compare him to Tannehill, um, and real real ball knowers would know this, but um, the, the, it's, the, it's the pocket hitches. Tannehill's feet are so good in the pocket. So you can get to the point where, hey, you can put him in this offense. And obviously, like you said, skill talent running, like when he had A.J. Brown, you know, a, a year of of Julio Jones at like 40%. Um, you know, the, obviously the running game with Derek Henry, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I still, when I watch Daniel Jones, I still see the guy who doesn't have his footwork in order, who's still like taking three hitches yes, to throw, to throw like a, a seven-yard speed out. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, man. Because like you're right, they can run the, can run the ball. Um, I don't know if you ever I, – I, I think I coined this. I think he's a sneaky good runner. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever <laughs> said that about a white quarterback before, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so like you know uh, that there's there's a lot there, um, but I just think there's this like very low ceiling, which is the scary yeah. part I think about him. Yeah, he still is not above like sailing an easy pass to the flat, like three yards above the wide receivers. Yeah. I think I was watching the Giants the other day, and I I saw him do that because of his 
And I was like, what is, yeah. <laughs> why do you um, still miss those dudes? It's like, it's so, like you're playing with like a 60 overall in Madden. It's ridiculous. I'm not moved by hypothetical <laughs> get- Ryan Tannehill. It's... <laughs> <laughs> No, it, I, it doesn't. Anthony Richardson is on the way, and Dayball will make him uh, Josh Allen too, obviously, and uh, then Giants fans will forget all about him. So. And then at that point, Dayball can win Coach of the Year. When, when that then happens, he can win. then he can win Coach of the Year. And then he can win when he augments. Sirianni does deserve it though. Like I don't, he, I, I, it's I a like stack Sir- team, obviously. I like Sirianni, I think, but. I like Sirianni a lot, too. I think he's very Philly, too. I remember we talked to Jordan Palmer Philly. one time, and he was like, it's always good when a quarterback matches their city's like energy, like Lamar in Baltimore or Josh Allen going up to to Buffalo. He's just a very, like, from like, went to college in Wyoming. It's just, like, a very kind of natural fit for the idea. And I, when I look at Sirianni, and he's, like, got these, like, huge bags under his, his eyes, and he's, like, turning around after the Colts win and, like, yelling at the audience i'm like this guy's very kind of i feel like he should show up at patty's pub at some point and uh like just kind of yell he just kind of seems like he encapsulates the vibe of the city not that that like helps him as a coach i just like the fit (laughs) in terms of like what he is in philadelphia and i mean their scheme it's pretty tough to pick nits in there i mean dalen hurts has developed uh, an insane amount he's legitimately incredibly good and the like the RPO, everything they do is just I love that they go back to the same play, like versus the Giants. They ran that like power, that GT power like three times in a row. And I think that's what it was. And it just did it every time. Like he's he's not afraid to 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 play the hits and he's not afraid to to do some interesting stuff as well. And it's kind of a good, I think a good blend of of just not overthinking it, but also having a pretty complex and nuanced offense without doing too much like to to overcomplicate things i don't know but yeah, I, well, he's definitely a very deserving yeah. winner maybe i i do think if we're talking about like expectations though like the eagles i, I remember a lot of people in the offseason were like man this team could like win the super bowl if their quarterback wasn't jalen hurts i don't so then i oh, think yeah. the guy that you look at that exceeded expectations was jalen hurts not necessarily nick sirianni so that's the I'm, only thing i'm kind of on board with that yeah i, can, I, I think a lot of people might look at that and be like oh well did Sirianni really overcome or did Jalen Hurts just actually become that guy and the team just met expectations at that point? Yeah. But then the say, answer is the table really is like the forerunner for exceeding expectations this year, I think. They just it would either be that or Mike, Mike, McDaniel, Mike McDaniel and Salah up there. I, I would put Salah up there just because, like, especially, bro, this, this, when Zach Wilson is bad, he is like – maybe the worst quarterback in football. What do you mean? What do you mean? When? <laughs> As in when he's right. on the field. When the team how is many, kicked off. And how, how many times did we have to hear people be like, well, but he's five and two, but he, but he's, if you have a lot of time, two more to get the best fans. seven win mark and they took him out too soon. It's yeah, exactly. So, you know, they're at that. So, you know, if, you're getting Zach Wilson, the, oh, he's he's a winner hype. I think that definitely deserves a lot of, you know, a lot of credit. Well, it was an interesting race right well, up until every other possible candidate went on a losing streak all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's it's crazy. Like you said, like we said before, the Seahawks are losing games. Uh, the Vikings are, aren't playing well anymore. Like, it's crazy. But, you know, Tua and, and the Dolphins lose on, on a big game. It's just, there's no one else but Sirianni right now. But then if Sirianni yeah. wins coach of the year, Jalen Hurts can't win MVP and I can't have like 
I can't have. I think it can. Don't underestimate the voters giving a 15 and one team a bunch of, or 16 and one a bunch of credit. <laughs> I think, I think yes, the voters, if they finish with one loss, they'll give Howie Roseman GM of the year, Jalen Hurts MVP. <laughs> yeah. And they have that, right? Executive, Executive year. They don't the like year. announce oh, it, but I believe that award does exist. Pretty sure it does. I could be totally wrong though. No, it's an NBA. But thing. I think they'll sweep. What do you mean they don't announce it? Like they slip an envelope under Howie Rosen's door. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Well, I guess I don't watch the SBs. I guess I don't watch the SBs, but it never feels like that the executive of executive of the year gets like the hype that coach of the year does or anything like that. I feel like there's also Is like it? assistant coach of the year. Does that also Wait, exist? Assistant right? coach of the year? In college, college there's like the Broyles Award for assistant coach, but I don't know if there is one for the NFL. I think there like is. I don't know. Of the year. I could be totally just make, maybe it came to me in a dream, but <laughs> I don't know. No one ever died. <laughs> they would give it to an Eagles guy. The Eagles might win defense. If they go 15, 16 to one, the winning bias, uh, they might get defensive player of the year. They might No, get, they, they won't. Get every They'll get comeback player of the year. With TJ Edwards, defensive player of the year. TJ <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I am saying that. Darius Slay uh, is not having that good of a season this year to win defensive player of the year. I saw him get beat by Kenny Galladay. Wait, no. I saw him get beat on a slant in that Giants game by yeah. some nobody Giants receiver, and uh, he can't win it anymore. But, uh, it's over. Yeah. And their comeback so, player of the year, who would be their comeback player of the year? So, uh, maybe Miles Sanders. Off, off I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll it. give it to Eagles Jordan sweep. Davis after he comes back. In. <laughs> yeah, in season. Yeah. In season. <laughs> Uh, all right I, I'm, yeah i was gonna say bradbury honestly kind of but i don't think it really fits no. the actual comeback player of the year thing yeah no gino's winning comeback player of the year almost certainly yes yes we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, but worst coaches. Who's the worst coach? All right, so we know Sirianni's probably. This is another one that I think is there. locked up. It's, it's Hackett, right? If we're not counting Matt Rule, who got fired after five <laughs> games, then yeah, it's Hackett. It's it's Nathaniel Hackett. Well, Seth, you're a Saints fan, so I don't know if uh, Dennis Allen has any uh, claim to this title. I haven't watched the Saints that much this year, honestly, because I think they're, they're incredibly boring. Because they stink. And they're boring <laughs> and they're bad. So I couldn't give you any kind of in-depth scheme break. I, I couldn't say anything about it, not much less in-depth. <laughs> so I guess maybe they're, I don't know if he's doing a fine job or a horrible job, but I think it's got to be Hackett. And Hackett, 
I think the coaching vibe check is I'm not even going to look at film anymore when teams hire coaches. I'm just going to like watch a mic'd up video because (laughs) I watched, I didn't even know that much about Hackett as a Packers fan because it's LaFleur is off. Like it's usually all the credit goes to LaFleur and Hackett. Like it's hard to know exactly what he does and doesn't do. So I watched a mic'd up after the, after the Broncos hired him and I, was like, oh my God, this is horrible because he's quoting Anchorman and I don't want my coach doing that. I don't want my coach quoting Anchorman. I don't want him like being as goofy as as he is. I want an asshole. Kyle Shanahan, like give me a bigger asshole than Nathaniel Hackett. And then the training camp stuff started rolling in where he's making the players hug after (laughs) fighting. I'm like, these guys do not want to do that. There was some story about like, oh, how happy-go-lucky is and how they're doing cahoots to like cahoot quizzes. Seth, I don't know. Have you ever taken a cahoot quiz, Seth? Or is this just a still Gen Z? Experience? I'm not frozen. I'm just not going to add to that question. <laughs> I've, never heard, I've, never heard, I've never heard those words before. I don't, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> Bro doesn't know it's what like, a cahoot quiz is. It's like a goofy... We did it in high school all the time and even college. It's yeah. just like kind of a goofy quiz website where you just like practice for a test or something like that. And it's just, so he was making, taking yeah. these like high school Kahoot. It's about as goofy as it sounds. And he threw in like star Wars trivia and they wrote this <laughs> article about it. And literally the linemen in the article were like, I don't like when he puts in a funny one. <laughs> it's like a direct quote from the article. <laughs> and I was like, this is, it's like, I just could not imagine losing a big game and like hearing Russ and Hackett talk to you. So just that's, based that's on the, the thing. That's of- the thing, Theo. Is we're, we're over here like, oh, well, the quarterback has to fit the, the atmosphere and, and all. Bro, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson are perfect for each other. They're just not perfect for anyone else. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't win games like that, man. You can't it's just not it's just not gonna work. It's never gonna work. This, uh, and I <laughs> I don't know, like go ahead. I don't know, like, <laughs> I I don't know like, his scheme stuff his scheme <laughs> stuff is probably like better than it looks right now. He's just got a washed Russell Wilson running it, and you could have quite literally any scheme in the world. Uh, you could have any head coach in the world, and if Wash Russell Wilson is rushing, running your offense, it's probably not gonna go very well. But the end of game decisions and just kind of the overall overall like I don't want to be mean to him. He seems like a perfect, perfectly like nice person, but he just seems like he seems like a substitute teacher. Like I, the overall vibe check and the overall clock management, like it doesn't even matter with the scheme at that point if you've got Russ. So he's definitely my vote, but I don't know if there's any other. There's a couple, yeah. there's a lot of bad coaches right now on the hot seat. So I think. Hackett reminds me a lot of like Elon Musk in the sense that he just <laughs> so hard. The only thing he wants in his life is to be funny. Yes. Doesn't care about because it's like he oh, and he's this guy. You know, his dad Paul Hackett is like this like legendary. Oh um, yeah, football yeah. coach. He coached for so many years, and it's almost like it, it's almost like Nathaniel just like did not. It's like oh, he's being pulled into like the dad into his dad's business. And he doesn't yeah. want like super reluctantly does it, and he just wants to be a stand-up comedian. That's like all he wants to be a stand-up comedian. And I think it's very and you know you look at Mike McDaniel in in Miami, who I think is probably more of a just a genuinely doesn't try to be funny, but it's funny. Like it's just clearly people like him like that, and he's just funny. Doesn't try, and he just like 
He doesn't have to add a funny question to a Kahoot quiz. He's just like a funny guy, whatever. Um, so I think that to me is, is kind of the issue there. Um, tough, but at the end of the day, to, to flip it and to give a little leeway to Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson stinks. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Right. He just kind of stinks right. right now. So it's tough. Yeah, that is true. I I have so many Nathaniel Hackett like story. I became obsessed for a while of just like finding stories about this guy because I like I listened to the Athletic Football Pod about all the new coaches and they brought in Bortles to like describe what Hackett is like. And Bortles talked about this scene where he where Hackett made them dress up as like Austin Powers and shoot a video. Yeah, and I think he, that's fucking hilarious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what hi- hyper masculine guy in the <laughs> National Football League wouldn't want to do that? But uh yeah, I <laughs> I just love talking about Nathaniel Hackett. It's a problem. I'm way too I'm way too mean to him. I if you search from Theo Ash like Hackett on Twitter <laughs> and you will find just some of the meanest things I've ever said about anybody. So <laughs> He seems like a good guy. I just don't want him to coach. Anymore. I just don't want him to coach an NFL team anymore. <laughs> so that's that's my thoughts on it. I don't know who else. What Seth? You have watched the Saints. I honestly, since I have not seen anything, I'm legitimately curious. Is Dennis Allen one and done? Do you think that there's any redeeming qualities from this team from a from a structural standpoint? Or like, obviously, he's a good defensive coordinator, but so is Todd Bowles. And right. like, that doesn't mean the clock management is good. That doesn't mean the player management is good, or doesn't make you a good head coach. So, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on on that situation in New Orleans? Yeah, I, I, I think, and uh, maybe you guys won't won't agree with me, but when you're like part of a team's Twitter, it's like I'm, you know, I have I follow a lot of people on Saints Twitter, and you, you know, you follow. Um, people on whatever your favorite thing's Twitter is. I, I and maybe I'm just contrarian by nature, but it's like, all right, everyone on Saints Twitter wants then then it's on fire. Everyone thinks he's the worst coach of all time. So I'm like, oh well, actually, uh, maybe uh, maybe he deserves another year because at the end of the day, like the the roster kind of sucks. Like from top to bottom, the roster, and it was always going to happen, and it just so happened. Sean Payton left the team because the roster sucked. Sean Payton wants to coach football, and he's going to coach football next year. And luckily, for the he's Saints, like talking about it on the broadcast. Yeah, he's they're right. like, "Open." He's not even like he's like, "Oh, I would love to coach that Lamar Jackson guy." <laughs> and luckily for the Saints, because of that, they're going to get a first round pick back for sort of somebody. Thankfully, um, right because they don't have a first round pick uh, uh, this this coming draft. So. So I just think the roster is not good. The offensive line is not good. Uh, Kamara is just not – and he's a running back. Guess what? It happens. Um, I still have hope for him coming back, you know, give him a better surrounding cast and it'll be better. The receiving core, you know, they got lucky to hit on Chris Olave. Not that I didn't like Chris Olave coming in the draft, but it's still drafting. You never know what's going to happen. They got lucky with him. They got lucky with the receiver who's been really good for them over the past, like, month or something. Um, but your starting quarterback gets injured, though. Andy Dalton, great. He's been. I I know. I know. I work for PFF. I know people are mad that he's PFF's like highest graded quarterback of all time. 
He's been playing really good. He really has been playing at a super high level. So that's been good. Um, but again, the whole line sucks. And the defense is just getting old. You know, Tyron Matthew getting in there right. has just been okay. Like, and I think we all knew that after watching what he, what he was in, in Kansas City last year. So, like, I, you know, linebackers are good. Warner's good. Keaton Ellis, is, Keaton Ellis has come on and been good. But then you trade it. You know, you have to play kind of three linebackers on the field for a lot of time because you traded your nickel in the middle of training camp for nothing. So it's like Cameron Jordan is not this is not having a great no, year. He's he is I think he's thirty three. He's right. you know it's what I mean? A, like yeah. Like eventually this was gonna happen. Um right. Marshall Latimer's missed a lot of time. Paulson Paulson Debo missed some time. Like uh, Marcus May missed some time. So it's like I yes, is clock managing stuff good? Is the player managing stuff good? I that I don't know. But um the roster is just not good enough. Um and it's too bad because they went all in thinking that, that it was good enough. Obviously, the injury, no yeah. one can, can, no one can, um, you know, predict the future on injuries. But I, I don't think it's all Dennis Allen's fault. And because I go back to the same thing, like Sean Payne didn't want to coach his team. Sean Payne didn't want to coach his team. Why? Why? Why should we fire Dennis Allen after one year? And I think firing Allen would kind of probably mean a total end of an era. Pete Carmichael has been there for a long, long time. Like, are they ready to to say goodbye to him and Allen when? It's been so long. It's been such a long time. Are they really to just give up after after one year and totally just have a completely fresh rebuild? I, I with the Saints, I tend to lean. No, they are not. I don't think they're quite that. Real. And I, well, I think that it's, shouldn't maybe they do trade their first round picks every single year. So maybe I shouldn't say they're not that quite quite that reactionary. But I do think they have a little bit more loyalty to to Carmichael and Allen than that. I would. I would say. And I think it's unfair because the Saints like team building strategy has been setting them up for this reality for a long, long time. And then to say when you finally like, you know, reap what you sow, well, well, I guess the coaches suck. We got to completely <laughs> blow it up. I don't know right. if that makes a hundred percent sense to me. No, that's exactly what I've been saying. Like it's going to happen eventually. And I, and I was okay with, like, as a fan, looking at it with, like, my heart. It's like, okay, well, I'm okay with them trying to trying to stretch this thing out for as long as possible because it sucks when you don't really – when you have a team that just, like, you don't really care to watch them on Sunday. Um, like, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of the Saints, like, on film, which is I use, you know, every, every week for the past, like, five years since we've kind of had access to film and stuff like that. It's like, I watch Saints. So I don't, I don't care anymore, man. So it sucks. Yeah. Like as a, as a fan, I liked that they were trying to do this, um, and and I had high hopes for Jameis. And like I said, the quarterback just actually been okay with all of them. But like, um, so I'm okay with that. But I agree. Like to cut bait after one season when you knew this was going to happen, like you said, man, I think that's just would be ridiculous. We have another member of this podcast who is in an interesting coaching situation with their favorite team, Matt. We did the playoff simula- simulator last uh, yesterday on the live stream and decided unequivocally unequivocally that the Browns Packers and and Panthers are all making the playoffs uh <laughs> it's happening do you yeah. support yeah, you know, the Steve bring back Steve Wilkes agenda I'm at all very think? very dubious of bringing back Steve Wilkes and I don't think he's a bad coach or anything but you go on Panthers Twitter, and a lot of it's like, they love this guy. 
And that's about all people really have to say about him, other than the fact that they're four and four. And while that's good, I, th- I wonder if people are so excited from a change of pace from what Matt Rule was, where they're like, well, that's great. They really like playing for him. Yeah, that should be the expectation. I don't know if Steve Wilkes is the offensive X's and O's guy that you need him to be to bring him in super, super long term. And I'm on the fence about it because if Wilkes, if he closes out the season and really gets him to the playoffs, which is totally possible, fair enough, man. All right, you go for it. And, and he's, he's, he's not a bad coach at all, but I do kind of think he's working with a really good roster. I think he's outside of quarterback. Um and I'm just worried if we keep him and the game plan is like, okay, we're going to bring in somebody to do the entire offense because he has no hand in that. You, even if you're right, you're only right for a couple of years. Even if you hit on a guy, they're gone very quickly. Um, I think I think if we got even a decent – I mean, I think Ben McAdoo is horrible. They, they, they just – some games it's okay. Some games it's we're not throwing real passes for the pretty much the entire game. So replacing that could do a lot and getting a real quarterback could do a lot, but I guess it depends on what's available. He should definitely real, interview, but it's, it's a real close. quarterback like Matt Corral. All right. I'm a staunch <laughs> never hire the interim. Don't, don't look believer. at me like that stuff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, he's, you know, he's the future. He's it's okay. You could admit it. The yeah. It's just too bad. They didn't, they didn't have, they didn't play it. man. And I understand like, Hey, now they're winning games. So you're, you're and, they're 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 fucked because the NFC South is so bad. Because they should have they should have been out of the playoffs. Should have been no chance of them making the playoffs. And then you can play Matt Corral because you know I watched them. We had the Seahawks tomorrow night, so I watched them in the, uh, last week, and it's like it's like it's not like Darnold did anything. You know what I mean? They get right. the win, but it's like Darnold didn't do anything. So so it's like, well, man, you might as well have played um, played Corral and see what's happening. But because Corral still hurt. Yeah, Corral yeah, had a season oh, in okay. preseason, and we haven't been able to see him because of it. And it's oh, that's, that's the real, yeah, that's okay. the real kicker. So now, okay, because you, okay. you want a third rounder him. going into next year, that can't be your game plan. But you also spent two yeah, thirds no. on this guy, and you don't get to see him even try. It sucks. Yeah, I I'm not going to back down from what I just said. I think they should have, with whatever cast he has on, I think they should have thrown him <laughs> on the field. They, they put P.J. Walker in zero passes past the line of scrimmage one time. Corral could have done that. If but. I'm the Panthers, I'm investing in the highest form of VR technology that exists and just trying to get a sense of what's that? Well, yeah, what's that? In the metaverse. Uh, that QB simulator. <laughs> he is working that. <laughs> we're playing a full 17-game season on the Oculus Rift QB simulator, <laughs> simulator with Matt Corral this offseason. And we're doing our absolute best to grade him in the metaverse. We're, 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 we're making we're making Jeff Bezos create a difficulty that is so NFL realistic. Like it's so like think like Not just all Madden, all Madden on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> just but, <laughs> yes, it does suck. It does suck that you don't get that evaluation period. But as far as the coach goes with Wilkes, I'm I'm very much anti hiring the interim. I I just don't think that that's a great process i think if you want something new get something new don't if if the staff was bad if you had bad results i like freddie kitchens was an interim coach i don't fault the raiders for not um hiring their interim last year who's why is his name escaping me 
Bisaccia, yes. And I get that they hired I wouldn't have I don't think I would have hired Josh McDaniels to replace him, but I, I just am I think studies show that hiring the inner interim has a lower success rate than just hiring a normal coach. And I, I think that makes sense to me. And I Wilkes has done a great job. I think he seems like uh he's seems like someone who's really motivated the players. And I think that's kind of always happens when you fire the, that's like a real kind of wake up call. I always say like uh, the most dangerous team in sports is a team the week after they fire their head coach. They always seem to win games. So I, I think that there's, there's kind of like a short term boost when you hire your coach, just from a mentality standpoint where it's like, we're going to play for this guy. There's kind of this big jolt to the organization and it kind of gets everybody up and going. But I, I always I always have questions about hiring them long-term. I, I'm I'm more against it. And that's just kind of my philosophy with it, which I should stick with, even if they make the playoffs in an incredibly terrible division. So I got two words for yeah. you. <clears throat> Freddie Kitchens. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens totally duped people with a bad schedule, a bad defensive schedule. I, I just uh, don't know with you, Wilkes. Yeah. Wilkes is not had good results in his career recently either, wherever he's been. Missouri was like one of the worst defenses in the country last year, two years ago, whenever he was there. So, And then, you know, one year, I mean, not really his fault to a certain degree with a year in Arizona or whatever, but it hasn't been very good. I feel the, the new coach bump is statistically proven, I believe. I read that in Soccernomics in 2006, so... Is it still a thing? But um, they did that for soccer teams, and it and it showed that it's real. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I I 100. I they have a 100 winning percentage. I know that Steve Wilkes didn't win his first game, but he won his second game, so that's pretty much counts. I <laughs> I 100 believe that it always seems to happen. I have a question for you, Seth, about the Panthers coach in situation and more rule. He got hired from the college ranks. He did a great job at Baylor, obviously. Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if he did a great job at Texas Tech. He but did a job. He was hired from the college ranks uh, there. Obviously, Kingsbury is probably about to be fired um, unless the extension saves him for one more year. When people talk about new coaching candidates and hot coaching names for next year, and we'll talk a bit about them, you just don't hear college names anymore, I, I think. It feels like no one from the college ranks is getting hype. And I wonder, do you think we're going to see many college coaches hired into the NFL over the next couple of years? Or do you think there is, that's just kind of more of a, a thing of the past? Have you given that any thought? I, I feel like it, it, there's always like peaks and valleys with, with right. this particular thing. So maybe we, we are in a valley right now just because of Rule and Urban Meyer and, and even Cliff to a certain degree. I mean, like that's, that probably has run its course in Arizona. Um, so yeah, I think probably we're at that, at that, and then, and then, and then we'll get a few in a row because one will work out in five years or whatever. And then we'll just, then, then we'll be in the upswing. So I, I think, I think we're probably, I think you're right that maybe it'll cool down over the next couple of years and maybe probably this offseason you won't, you won't see any. Um, it, it is interesting to think about like, what it means to be a head coach in those two different sports, basically, you know, the same sport on the field, but two completely different atmospheres and environments, stuff like that. And obviously it is completely different. And I always have trouble. I, I will say I do go back and forth about, uh, about this, but I do sometimes have trouble with the idea of hiring a, 
like a, a, a player's coach or a, or a, a father figure type of coach where it's like, Hey, I, I, I'm just going to put good assistance in there. and I'm going to do that. It's like, well, at the end of the day, like motivation is not as big of a deal probably in, in, um, in the NFL, like these guys are kind of probably should be motivated. I mean, I don't know for sure. And I've been there, but like, I would imagine, um, that it's a less of a, of a job, uh, less of a task to motivate at the pro level. So that's where it always is concerning. So we're Cliff and, and why, you know, look at it with Cliff. Yeah. It's not working out this year. They won a lot of games there. And I know that there was, it's really the fall off at the end of each season, this season, notwithstanding the offense kind of worked, right? So it's like, yeah. And he's, like that's his thing, yeah. right? He is an OC, right? So I think that can, that would be the way I would do it. I just, like I said, I, I do go back and forth, but I always, I'm always weary of the players coach, the motivator coach coming from college to the NFL. Yeah. If, if Cliff gets fired and he becomes a laughing stock for having a losing record in, in college in the NFL, we all, lest us all remember the cool things he did in the running game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's the, that's the, the important thing, really. How the the Cardinals were like the worst, historically terrible running the football the year before he got there, and then they made a very gutsy decision to get Kyler and become more of a spread offense and their running game. I thought from kind of a spread getting, I had more opinion. I had better ways to articulate this a couple of years ago when I first saw it. When I actually kind of liked Cliff, now I don't know so much. But I remember <laughs> he he did some cool stuff in the running game from spread and drafting Kyler was a bold move that really helped out. But some of the some of the passing game stuff, uh, the the predictability and and maybe the overall tension between him and Kyler, it just doesn't seem like a bunch of happy cat. Like yes, motivators are are can I, I agree. That at the NFL level, they know they they know a lot of the technique at this point. They're all playing for their like not all of them, but a lot of them are playing for millions of dollars and supporting a, a family, and they're doing it extremely professionally at this point. But you do need, I think, to be a bit of a better motivator than Cliff yeah. was, which whose team is like I, screaming. You at know, him. I heard I, I heard a clip from um, Rich Sherman today talking on the Kevin Clark's podcast, and he was talking about how he's talking about Shanahan. And he was like, well, why does Shanahan win? You know, why is he so good? Blah, blah, blah. And, it, and, and Sherman's response is basically like, he knows everything about each player on the roster. And he knows like, and, and what he said, and it might be more, it might be just like a, more than just what I'm about to say, but he was like, hey, you know, the practice roster guy or the third string defensive tackle is Cliff can go up to him and be like, hey, you know, uh, I think you need to do a better job at um, and not getting reached and using your feet and use your power. And and the backside cor- corner, you know, the corner, the second string corner, who, you know, yeah, obviously Cliff is an OC, so it's like, uh, sorry, Kyle is an OC, so like, you know, but he knows the whole team. And maybe it's, and like I said, maybe it's even more, maybe he knows their family situations, I don't know. But that is motivation. When your coach can go to bat for you like yeah. that, because yes. he knows you, rather than being like, rah, rah, let's go out there and beat the shit out of the team. Like that, the, the way, the way Sherman was talking about Shanahan, that's motivation. Um, so yeah, that, that is so different than I think the motivation that we usually talk about with sports. Yeah. I, I do think that like, even at the NFL level, like everyone needs some form of leadership. 
Like even the starting, even like Tom Brady, like Tom Brady needs someone to like cool him down at times. Right. But like, it's not, it's, that doesn't always come out in the same way. Right. Every, everyone needs someone, but it doesn't always come out in the same way. So, or look at McDaniel and Tua, right? I think, I really think, I know like some of the stuff about Tua's confidence, like maybe that gets overblown, but I like Flores, I really think didn't like him. (laughs) Like from a personal level, I think Flores kind of thought Tua was soft and, and he really just didn't believe in him. And then McDaniel, like Tua is the same guys doing all the same stuff that he, not, not all the same stuff, but a lot of the same stuff that he did in college, right? He always had these strengths and Flores like kind of hinted at it with all the RPOs they ran, like they were definitely putting an effort to, to play to, to his strengths in the offense last year. I know when Dolphins fans talk, they're like, well, our situation was so horrible last year with two. And like the offensive line was truly garbage and the coach yeah. didn't believe in him. But I will say like, cause there's always the Herbert, Herbert to a debate. And I've made this argument a million times in the last couple months. It's like with the chargers right now, like their scheme doesn't fit their quarterback strengths, at least with Tua last year, I felt like it did. You could, there's tons of nits to pick or criticisms to make about the situation Tua was in last year, but at least I think the offense made sense this year. The offense also makes sense for Tua, but at the same time, you also have a coach who actually likes him and is like propping him up. And that is, I, 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 I think at the end Mike, of the Mike McDaniels is not a rah rah. He's a more like uh, we're gonna uh, you good job, buddy. Uh, like, <laughs> well, I, I think at the end of the day, you you just want as a coach, you want your players to want to play a together and be like for each other and for you, right? Like you're coaching for them, they're playing for you. It's like that's like the whole idea of a team is like you need to be able to bring people together, right? And if you can't do that, then that's like. That's the motivation thing is like being able to bring yeah. people. Together. But I think, and going back to Shanahan, because I've heard other stories about Shanahan. I think this is from Austin Hooper back in the day. But a way you can do that, again, because it's not just like, I'm going to get up on my soapbox and yell. And, and, but like Shanahan right. was like, Hooper was talking with Shanahan where he's like, we would go into a game and Shanahan would say, this is going to happen. And it happens. Like that's how you get buy in, right? That's how you get leaders. Yeah. That's, that's, again, it's all part of it. It's, it's not right. that, right. The, like you said, it's leadership, but it's not in the same type of way we we believe in leadership. But it is a way to get people together, people to buy in. Yep. Yeah. If you're just really good at your job, you yeah will. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> people, people will buy in. Like, wins yeah, yeah wins yeah. cause buy in. So just win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that is fair. Um, you, Theo, you brought up the Chargers. We haven't really talked about you know uh, Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi and that whole situation there. There's definitely a lot of discussion that needs to be had about, you know, the way the Chargers run their offense <laughs> with the the complete lack of downfield have throws. Some Hank, have some stick. Have some, <laughs> have some they, jet bubbles. Here. They have so many problems, <laughs> I feel like. They, they just, they built their, ro- like, they should not have invested in these wide receivers. It's a massive, massive, massive mistake. And it's so hard to fix. And they can change up their scheme somewhat. At the end of the day, Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams probably combined to be, you know, one of the highest paid wide receiver duos in the league right now. I don't know where they'd rank, but I'm assuming top five. And they don't separate like that anymore. Keenan Allen is washed and Mike Williams isn't like that. Oh, but he had 12, my TikTok comments informed me that he had 12 catches for 90 yards versus the oh. Dolphins. So he well, then he's the greatest so receiver of all time. <laughs> Apologize, uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, I <laughs> and we'll know. The people commenting probably <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Never mind. I'm, I'm still uh. pro Stanley. <laughs> oh, I'm biased. I've talked to two NFL coaches, two current NFL coaches in my life. And of the two, <laughs> only Brandon Staley uh, had, I had a good interaction with. So I'm like very pro Brandon Staley. <laughs> and like you look at the defense and the defense, there is so many bad players on that defense. And they're and they're bad. I'm not saying they're yeah. like, oh my God, wow, they're still they're fifth in the league in defense, whatever. Like they're still bad, but like I just don't know what you can do. Um, I don't know what you can do with that group. So it's really, to me, the issues there are Telesco and the, the roster building has been bad. Like you said, um, the, the receivers just don't fit. The offensive line is still bad. After all these years, it's still bad. The, the players that got in free agency, that, and I'm going to be honest, I thought this was perfect, that they did everything they were supposed to do in free agency with Mack and JC oh, Jackson yeah. and Sebastian Joseph Day. so high on this team. We, you know, Kyle Mack is is not the same player he was, so he, he still gives you a little bit. Joseph Day has been awful this year. Jason yeah. Jackson awful not injured. Um, so yeah, like it's been really bad. So I'm I'm more like anti Telesco and anti Lombardi rather than I'm anti Brandon Staley. I always feel a little bad too when I criticize Lombardi because. Lombardi definitely deserves criticism, but at the same time, it's like there's not that much he can do. Like there'll be it'll be like third down and long, and he'll have a bunch of guys like settling down at the sticks or something. And it's like, why don't you run a man beater? Like it's clearly man. Why are you settling at the sticks? And it's like, well, and then at the same time, in the back of my mind, yeah, like, who's beating man in that? Off. Who's beating man? Right. So it's like it's a little bit of everything. I always think it's funny though because. I see a lot of Sean Payton to the Chargers so talk on Twitter. They're like, oh, next year. It's so funny. It's like, do you know, do they know the the meme, the the reply image? Do they know who their offensive coordinator is and what he runs? Do they know who Sean Payton is? So I, that's not happening. I, I 100% think that, that Staley will be back next year and Lombardi might be gone. I think that's probably the correct decision is probably get a new offensive guy, keep Staley. I think that is what they will do. And um, I don't know if anyone has any different predictions about that, but I, I think that that just makes a lot a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, no, that's I, what they'll go with. I think Lombardi needs to go, and you do have to get new. You have to get someone with some athleticism and burst and juice. And that I would pay one million dollars for Arians. I like when the Bucks clean house and everyone. It's all different next year. Like. Let please Herbert run the Carson Palmer 2015 stuff <laughs> and the Brady last year stuff like that would be that is it if it doesn't work then then everyone can slander whoever they want in that Chargers offense but like that is the scheme that that would be yeah. perfect that would be perfect average so depth of target to needs that, to be but, like 14 but yards it, it is funny please. because like that yes. the depth of target stuff and it hit me like right in the face Sunday night man they can't protect for shit. It is so fucking bad. Oh my god! I'm play action. They're running play yeah. action for the sole purpose of like, hey, we'll buy ourselves an extra half second, and they still can't protect Herbert. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But and this go back to the whole rosters. The not tackle, good. yeah. I know PFF. We've talked about PFF grades. I saw the stat that the average non-quarterback PFF grade of the Chargers is like the lowest in the league. It's the very lowest in the league on. on non-quarterback position. Yeah. That's crazy. Always been right. That's okay. that's the, 
<laughs> there were grades. I deleted all of my tweets. I and I said, "Well, that's always my take. When PFF grades push my priors, they're absolutely one hundred percent correct and okay." So, yeah, if you yeah, agree, but with my I, priors, I think you're, I think that right. Lombardi will be gone. I think that the offensive results from any metric that whoever, whatever the GM or ownership look at, they'll say like, "Hmm." It should not be this low. So yeah, I yeah. think that that they can definitely come to the conclusion that they should the change something on offense. Is that you're acting like ownership would do that? Would be like, oh, let's let me look at the metrics before I make this decision. Like, let me look at time to throw metrics so I decide whether to keep Brandon Staley or not. I'm like, oh boy, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think they can look at just like yards and t- touchdown metrics. They're like, oh, we should have. We they'll look at like points per game and they'll be like scratching their head a little bit. Like, yeah. what's going on? Yes, we should fire yeah. Brandon Staley so right and coach him not putting points. Like, that's yeah, right. Yeah, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's <laughs> promote <laughs> let's promote Joe Lombardi because the defensive guy is crimping his uh, his vibe, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what'll happen. I don't know, but with with all these coaches that are that are terrible and must go, there's also going to be then a void. And how do you fill that void? There's a lot of guys that could be, you know, on the move. Whether it be Sean Payton coming back uh, and ending up on a team, you know, Brian Flores is in Pittsburgh right now as like an assistant defense or like an assistant he's line, linebacker. He's the linebackers. He's the linebackers. Coach, okay. Um. You know, there's obviously he gets talked about every single offseason. Eric Bieniemy, do any of these guys see his potential landing spots for for any of these teams? Demico is almost feels like almost guaranteed to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah, that Sean Payne seems also almost guaranteed to be a head coach somewhere. I'm not sure on Flores. I think there's probably needs to be another year where he's not in the limelight with everything that's gone on. I think that's probably best. Yeah. But I do think he's... Tua being, looking this yeah, good is a, a, problem. a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if... So, yeah, I, I don't think that he'll get a head coaching job. I honestly don't probably, think he'll ever get yeah. a head coaching job again. I honestly think with the with the lawsuit and then Tua, all the rumors about him not liking Tua and then Tua be playing way more confident and better once he's... Once he, I don't think anybody's going to want to bring that into their building, fair or not. Maybe. I, I don't think he's ever getting a job again. I, I think he'll get, obviously he has a job now. He'll get a job again. Yeah. Maybe he'll go to the college ranks or something like that. But I, I don't think he's going to get much consider. I don't think he's going to get any consideration for being a head coach. A guy I do like is Shane Waldron. I think before the season, obviously all these McVay guys, anyone who's ever spoken to McVay gets a head coaching job somewhere. <laughs> this guy has spoken to McVay. He checks that box. And then he went to Seattle, and Seattle's offense is way better than anyone thought it would be with Geno Smith. So I kind of thought before the season, if this offense is good, Waldron will probably get a job or a call at least somewhere, and it is good. So I see him probably getting a job. He's not quite as hyped up as as Ryan's or Sean Payton, but I, I think that it's a – I don't know if you, you've given any thought to this, Seth, but I, I think that's a pretty safe bet that he at least gets – his name is pretty – high up there in those in those conversations um i mean i like what they've done in seattle i think that getting the stink of russell wilson off of you has off of you is going to help you lead you to potentially a a better better landing spot in the future uh so yeah i think that's that would be something to look at 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's the, the Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. Right. He went awesome this year, right? So very good chance. I just think, I think it's interesting because no, even myself, I couldn't tell you before the season started who the Lions offensive coordinator was. Um, but like, I don't think. I'd probably make up a name and I'd be like, uh, uh, Ben Johnson. And they'd be like, that's right. That's, that's correct. <laughs> and I, so I think like, like, I know we don't want to believe this, but I think it takes a, it's owners aren't necessarily smart because they own a football team because they have a lot of money. So it takes time. It takes like, there's a, has to be a building of, of steam for like a name for a coach to get to that level. D'Amico Ryan's is a good example. There is so much steam building yes. and, and, and fire behind him that it's like, he is going to get a job because it's like someone had like the owners are all they hear is stuff like this. You know, I talked to a, um, it's really funny. I talked to a, a guy who, who does, um, uh, work in, in production and broadcast for the NFL. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> he was like, you know, he had talked to a, talked to an OC and he loved it when this guy would go on national TV and if they run like a trick play or something and he would, he would hype up the OC. He'd be like, Oh, what a great call by blah, blah, blah. I can't believe it. He's, you know, he's so smart and creative and stuff like that because oh, owners okay. wa- are watching the game on the broadcast. Owners are not watching the all 22. You know what I mean? Like they're they are listening and they're hearing names and like I want this guy. Everyone is talking about this guy. I want him. Um, so anyways, going back to Ben Johnson, it's like no one knew who this guy was until like two months ago. So and I'm not saying he won't get a job, but like he's obviously done a great job with 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 the Lions' offense. But it's like it probably takes a year for him to build up a little more steam before he gets a head coach job. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's yeah. You could definitely, it definitely makes sense though. Yeah. Owners aren't, uh, they're not, they're not grinding the film. Yeah. The, the old billionaires who run a, like a candy company and yeah, you got the Haslam's <laughs> owning like pilot J they go and check their, check their, check on their cocoa children in the, in, in like the Congo and then not grinding film on the way there. <laughs> their private jet. <laughs> Damn Ben Johnson! I really love their, I really love what they're how they've built the play action game off the threat of the run. Like no, they don't, they don't yeah. know what any. It's like basic yeah. stuff, and they don't know what that means. So yeah, I that is definitely true. Which is hilarious, and that's why yeah. Otherwise, you're right. D'Amico Ryan's would have gotten a job last year, right? So yeah, I agreed. Where do you think the Saints will be picking in the first round um, when they trade Sean Payton? Who? who where you yeah, the issue is like, you know, let's say the Chargers are a good example, right? I, the Chargers are going to win just enough games. And like, if they don't make the playoffs, they'll have like the 14th pick or something like that, the 16th pick. Like, that's not good enough. I need a top five pick here back for Sean Payton. But Sean Payton won't go anywhere unless there's a Herbert there. You know what I mean? So that's kind of right, the right. issue. Maybe Arizona. Arizona could be the interesting one there with, with Kyler there. That's what he wants, right? That's why he left the Saints because Breeze was gone, and he's like, oh, "I, I don't want to see Taysom Hill throw another pass for the rest of my life." 
<laughs> so yeah i don't know do you think sean payton said that he's the one you're the one letting him throw um yeah i think so the cardinals would be a good one for me personally the cardinals would be a good one because it would be like a top 10 pick so hopefully it's cardinals yeah i guess i could see that i definitely could see that i wonder where else there's I, I wonder if the prospect of Wilson still intrigues him. I know there's going to be new ownership in, in Denver mm. pretty soon, and they're really rich. They're now like the richest franchise in sports, and they can pay whatever they want. And I wonder if a splash move like that would be something that Denver Denver make. Because they need to do so. – they're so screwed. They are so incredibly screwed that their best chance might – but they don't have a first-round pick at all, do they? Nope. Damn. So, yeah. Okay, well – yeah, Maybe they'll, they're really screwed, uh, man. It's really, <laughs> really bad. They really are. Yeah, screwed, no, the Bucks they? are are not the the Broncos are uh, they're cooked. They're he gets cooked. a lot of it's hype over, in Panthers yeah. circles, but I don't think he'd want to go to somewhere that would have no quarterback right. situation. And honestly, I'm that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't We're see him in the division going to a place thing. where the quarterback situation is not set. But then it's like you're limit, really limiting yourself there, which is fine. Like you saw Payton's a lot to do that. So. Right. Yeah, he yes. he doesn't even yeah. need to, like he could be done like he could just be done and like, I don't, he doesn't have to I don't blame him for that at all well, that's what I would do too and I I, yeah. I I I wonder if maybe that comes back around to he's not going to go anywhere this off season he's going to say yeah. I'm waiting for a real good opportunity I, I don't see it right now I'm good I'll wait another year let's see who gets Caleb Williams I'll go there <laughs> do you think the Saints? I'm I'm not quite sure how this works. Would the Saints just be able to trade him whenever he does come back, or if he waits long enough, do they lose rights? Yeah, contract? I don't know what the deal is. I you think know. it probably has to do with however many years he has left on the contract. Because he retired, ah, right? So he's still on the contract if he comes back sense. to the Saints. So I would imagine it has to do with that. And it's not necessary. <laughs> well, the Saints just need to get a franchise quarterback then. And then did I not just tell you about Andy Dalton? It's like, remember, easy. Sean hasn't seen any Dalton like this yet. <laughs> That's true, man. It's through 2024. That's okay. how long his contract okay. runs. And then after that, it's he can go wherever he wants. All right. I think hmm. that's a good take. I think next year, I, I think that that might be true. I wonder if he'd want to play with Kyler with how the, the, national, the national media's opinion of Kyler is so ungodly low. Like it wouldn't like when they played the 49ers on Monday night, I've never seen a pregame show like, like that where ESPN was just ripping Kyler to shreds and putting Colt McCoy on this pedestal as like this running the offense God. And they're like showing Kyler yelling at the coach. I think Steve Young insinuated that Kyler needed to, he did insinuate that Kyler needed to install the offense so he respects how hard coaches work is legitimately what he said live on ESPN. He said, Kyler needs to install the offense and come up with the game plan. So he stops yelling at his coaches. I don't think Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton simply must be smarter than that. But I, I wonder how much of a draw Kyler is. And I would want to play with Kyler. I think Ky- Kyler, I'm, he, I'm not Kyler's he plays strongest Call of Duty, soldier, man, so but this, you know, you, you can't, <laughs> I hate those jokes so much, but I'm, I'm definitely a Kyler believer more than some are right now, but I wonder like in the, in the higher ups of the world, like in the, you know, he's a Fox sports analyst. So I wonder what he thinks of Kyler and if that would actually intrigue him because it feels like some guys are just so low on him. 
So I, I think maybe next year is the year that he gets traded, if if at all. I wonder if that just the, the Kyler narrative, but is so it's it's horrible. It's horrible, obviously. And it's it's funny how yeah. we. I mean, he yeah. legitimately he should should legitimately be like in MVP consideration. Not that he would ever win, but in terms of like value to his team, he is. Everything, everything is go, go Kyler, go. It's, it's quite, yeah. and Hopkins make a cool catch basically is there's nothing else going for that team right now other than Kyler Murray. And he's sick. He is and so we, sick. So, I, I know yeah. at, at, the, at the height of the Herbert, convert, Herbert versus Tua conversation and all like the social media quarterback and all this stuff, you know, there were, there was a small minority of people that were like, why do we have, like you and Theo, because I made a video about it, and be like, why are you and Theo defending Herbert like this? I haven't heard you say a goddamn word about Kyler Murray all season long. And I'm like, honestly, I can't, I, can't, I, I have no response to that. Like, you're right. Kyler deserves like some, some defense because he does not get the level of respect that he should be getting. But like the, 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 the that true. specific yeah. narrative of like, <laughs> He's not a good teammate. He's not a this. He's not that. He's not intelligent. Man, that yeah. and then and then when it's disrespectful. You're, you're, seeing, you're seeing it right now in San Francisco, and there's very similar um, ideas there. With oh, Trey Lance is not ready. He was never ready. Um, you know, pretty pretty understands the playbook. He understands what Shanahan wants and all that stuff. And there's obviously right. I mean, we don't have to get into the racial aspects of it, but that's pretty basically what it is. And it's like, yeah, it's like it's a dog whistle. Yeah, it's a but it's like the same thing. Whistle, yeah. Cole McCoy has like one and a half good games, or they win. It's not even. It's not even that. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. I mean, if he won like two and one like last year, and he probably won, and he won like this year, or whatever. But like, he's not. <laughs> it's Cole McCoy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they they scored thirteen points yeah. in the Patriots game. You know, like, but yeah, exactly. We're here. We just we hear this. It's yeah. the same thing every single time. A guy who we we believe has potential is not playing up to what our like perceived idea of him is. And with Kyler, it's like, well, he won the Heisman, he was number one over the pick, so he should be like the best player that's ever lived. And if he's like just under that, which like you said, Kyler is like Kyler was an MVP candidate for the first like twelve weeks of last year. They win. They won so many games with yeah. him. Yeah, he was. And it's like yeah. the second he's not, yeah, exactly. He was MVP for the first twelve years, yeah. And, and then, then Hopkins got hurt. He was because they asked him to do everything. He got hurt because they asked him to do. And Hopkins doesn't everything. start the first six games this year, right? And and you trade for whatever, and it doesn't matter. But like, right. The second you have one guy who who is Brock Purdy or who is Cole McCoy or who is any of these guys who come in for one game or two games and they don't shit the bed completely. <laughs> it's like we have to we have to start relitigating and everything, and it's like absolutely ridiculous every time. Yeah. Yes. It is. Anyways, Trey Lass is going to win the MVP. Next Anything year, else? So that's, that's what. That's the agenda. That's, that's the what, agenda. That's, that's what they're saying. <laughs> We're going to have. It's going to be the. Yeah, he's going to beat out Tom Brady in camp once they sign Brady. <laughs> he's going to beat him out and then win MVP. That's yeah. that's yeah. your, your exactly. San Francisco 49ers next year. 
<laughs> yeah, but no, I, I don't think there's anything else. It'll be it'll be a really interesting coaching carousel this off season. But thank you again, Seth, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Let people know where they can find you. Just a reminder for those that missed the last time you were on. Uh, I PFF underscore Seth. I don't really tweet anymore, but you can still follow <laughs> me if you'd like. <laughs> I give him a follow. That is true. I don't, you you should tweet. I don't more. need to, buddy. Start I got the job. I got the job because I tweeted a lot, so I don't have to tweet anymore. That that was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the. I'm that close with that on TikTok, by the Dude. way. That's that's Dude. my. I got yes. the job because I posted on TikTok, and no, I don't want to make TikTok. I'm this close to just being like, yeah. I don't need to do that anymore, uh, but I still will. For some period of time. But anyway, thank you so much, Seth. Uh, Been an absolute blast. And thank you you all so much for tuning in. (laughs) See See you next year. year. (laughs) We'll have you back on a year from now. (laughs) Uh, And as always, everyone, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flip and flop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.